hopefully. Especially- no, I was going to say on top of being stuck that up there, like we had show shirts. So you wear the same shirt every night when you play the show to keep your laundry as clean as possible. So what we would do is we would take the shirts and close them in the van windows uh, to dry out in between shows. So if you're laying back there by the window, you just hear <laughs> like nonstop the whole time. And I don't know how many shirts I lost doing that, but that was our way of not doing laundry. So you keep your other clothes clean because we never stopped and did laundry like ever. We could have, but no. we didn't. No, I don't think we can And so you it. just – no, <laughs> and like, you don't have the Lot time because it's like six people go do laundry. It's going to take a few hours. Like we never had a few hours to do anything. No. You drive right to the show, sound check, eat, then play. Uh, then you're like either have to drive to the next city or go stay somewhere in the laundromats or clothes. Um, but, yeah, it was just – it's a hell of a life. That's for sure. <laughs> We are back with another episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. I'm Casey. I'm Jeremiah. And I'm extraordinarily angry this evening. I, okay, I think on this I did talk about buying a ticket to when we were young, fast, and you know, we all know that those were overpriced, And uh, but I got suckered. I'm going now. So uh, I immediately start thinking of ways I can offset that cost. Um, and one of the ways I was going to do that was I bought the, so sleep token who we've talked about a bunch, uh, you know, made it into my top five on my Spotify wrapped. Same with Casey. Actually, most of my friends, I don't know. They had a great year. Uh, they they really like, and they also have like a massive, like cult following at this point. So they've been doing like little drops of like three day window to pre-order something. Uh, and then. And then that's it. So I signed up for one. Uh, they did a little crossover with this company called Shibori, I think is what it is. They kind of do like a two-tone thing. I don't know. It looked cool when I saw it. And then I got it. I'm like, why did I buy this? I probably won't really wear it. Uh, it definitely didn't feel like it was for me. And it was like a hoodie. But they also did like a pair of joggers. And I was like, I'll probably never wear those. But I knew buying it immediately that if I didn't want to keep it, I could sell it. No problem. Um, so that's what I ended up doing. I got them both, never wore them, tried them on, would go, this is not me. I don't know who I think I am. I'm not bold enough to do this. This is not. Also, like, you know, then my friends pointed out that it had a hot topic vibe and then that ruined it for me completely. So that was it. Uh, it sat in a drawer, uh, nice and folded from day one uh, for a couple of weeks before I uh, was going to sell it. Um, and a friend of mine, I don't have an eBay seller account. I don't have an eBay account. I've so well, I bought something on eBay once, so I do have an account, but I don't use it. So I have no reviews, no history, no nothing. Um, but I have a friend that sells a lot of stuff on eBay. So I'm like, do you mind do you mind listing it for me? He said, Not at all. This is a scenario I would hear my like I can imagine my mom doing this exact scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how to eBay. Ah, got it. Okay. And so it's okay. like I, I, I did make a listing, and then was just like, this isn't. I don't think it's gonna move. Like I don't have, I have zero stars and no seller history. 
and I'm selling something at an exceptionally high price. I spent, I think it was like 75 bucks on the hoodie and I listed it for 250. Um, and that's because other people Dang. sold Give me the, the blood lord <laughs> and let me get away. That's because some of the, uh, like Oops, other people sold that same item for 250 bucks. So I just listed it what other people were listing it at. Um, so this guy, you know, he goes, uh, I'm interested, uh, but you know, I just want to get a better idea of like the measurements and, and how it fits and stuff. So I take all the measurements he asked for. He wants to see what it looks like on. So like to get an idea of like the, the actual fit. So I'm like, I'm 165 pounds. I'm 5'10". This is what a lot, the, this is what it looks like on me. So we send him that picture straight uh, to the spank bank. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he goes, okay. He talks me down. He goes, I'll, you know, I'll do it for two thirty. I I'll, the most I'll do is two thirty and free shipping. So I was doing two fifty and having them pay for shipping. Obviously I only spent 75 bucks on it. I do want to move this. I don't want it to sit around forever. So I go, all right, no problem. I'll meet you there. I still walking away with a good bit of money. Um, so kid gets it and has been relentlessly harassing my buddy who sold it for me about how it smells used. Shit's not used. Not I don't know how it could smell used unless it sounds like I smells like I wiped my ass with it or didn't wear deodorant or a t-shirt and just sweat my tits off in it. I don't know what smelling used would look like or would smell like. Um, but it had, hadn't been. Uh, and so did you use the bikini like uh, rules of operation? Cause you're supposed to leave your underwear on when you try on a swimsuit. Yeah. So I did put my underwear over my body before I put the sweatshirt on. If that's what you're wondering, just to be safe. Good. So your naked torso was not rubbing against this sweatshirt. Cause I no. can see how a couple seconds of that would probably taint it. It could ruin everything, but I did not. I absolutely Were you porky pig in it in the picture that you sent him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. You could just see well, like the, I mean the hoodie, it, my the dick hanging out the bottom of the the hoodie. Yeah, it hangs pretty low. I mean, it, it's fine as long as he doesn't stretch up, get something out of the cabinets. You know, it's like um, just it's like just a little bit bag hanging out. Who's our boy? Um, <laughs> who's our boy who takes all the side profile nudes that drives the truck and lives in the sex dungeon? Um. <laughs> yeah. What's his name again? Oh man, what is his name? Uh God entered my body like a body my same size. Yes. Like me going fuck? into you or you floating into me. Yeah. Well, I can't what the fuck is his Bob name? Bob something or other. Oh, but yeah, it's Bob. It's Bob something. Yeah. Fuck. Well, either way. Uh he's got a fascinating <laughs> Instagram. Actually, Just several, that phrase. He's got several Instagram pages, and that's what's cool. I think he's like lost plenty. Maybe he gets them back. But he definitely has like at least five. Um, I'm trying to look him up as we speak, but I can't. So moving on. Uh, so it's like it's, then he says it smells like cigars. It was in a. I mean, my I have a wooden dresser. It sat folded in a wooden dresser forever. And it's like okay, like, but it. So it might have taken, but it's still you know it's still brand new. It's still not used. It's like I don't really know what to tell you if you think it smells like that a little bit then like wash it. Uh, but then, so we look up his like seller profile and um, all he does is buy sleep token merch and resell it. It's just shirt, mm. shirt, shirt, tons of it um, for $400, $500. This dude is listing it for, exorbitant. Uh, ooh, that's a hard word. 
exorbitant exorbitant did he, did he have one of those exact ones up on his no. site or no no he had a lot of just t-shirts um so he didn't have this exact hoodie um well so what does he want is he asking for a refund he or hasn't like asked just for a, a discount yet which is strange i we're expecting him to ask for a refund but look at the end of the day hmm. if he wants to pay for shipping and send it back to me fuck it i'll take it back i don't give a shit i don't I mean i'll just sell it again it doesn't like it will move and i don't care but i just like his my buddy who's just like at the point where he's like, I'm just going to report him. Like he's, he's not asking for anything. He's just like relentlessly harassing me about it. Like he wants, like he wants me to go. He wants to like break me down to the point where I just say, okay, you can have it for free. Like, I don't know what he wants. He won't ask for anything. There's no, there's nothing on the negotiating table. So he's trying to pay yeah, chicken with your buddy to where he'll like try to offer him something so then he can just get a better profit margin or something when he turns around to resell it. Like he's yeah, trying to get 20 bucks off or something. I'll, I'll credit you back a hundred dollars since it's, mm. since you think it stinks. What a jerk. This yeah. It smells so, like my backboard. So yeah, fuck this guy. I do have his address, his name, his phone number. Doxing isn't actually illegal. It's just wildly unethical. But I'm willing to cross that boundary if things get too uh, get too crazy out there. So if he's listening to the podcast, he's like, "Wait a second, that sounds like that could be me." Yeah. <laughs> so first of all, come to the, the Discord. Explain why it stinks. It must. Yeah, be explain why it stinks. Maybe something happened to it in transit. Maybe it got dipped into some sewage water or something. We don't know. Who knows what happened in transit? And my buddy got it, and it's like he's like, "I'm the." He packed it up. He shipped it out he made sure it looked great he put it all he put it in a bag and he put it had uh all the tissue paper like it all was fine there's, it's like there's it no legitimacy good. to the complaint like it's not it's not about it being used like he's he's gonna shake you down for something and you can't he wants a portion it. of his money back or something like that things and then he's just gonna used. turn around and sell it like things there's no used smell for clothing it's just it's literally never been washed it had that like new clothing smell when i got it i don't know man i'm just like it's so he's just a jerk off and i feel bad because my buddy was just trying to help me out and now he has to fucking feel this guy's nonsense and i feel like an asshole for that this is exactly what happens when like because i used to you know buy and sell motorcycles a decent amount yeah and motorcycles are similar in that like they're not a thing that people need like nobody needs this motorcycle. They're buying it for fun. It's extra money, you know, like they probably think to themselves that they shouldn't spend money on it, but they're here looking at it anyways. And people do the same thing every time. Like you give them all these photos, you give them a really detailed explanation of, you know, the pros and cons and all that stuff. And then they come out and they're like, they start walking around it and they're like, yeah, man, I don't, you know, I didn't see that dent in the fender and you know, the Chrome is like kind of dull. Like that's going to take a lot of work to shine up. Uh, you know, I'd probably give you a quarter of what you're asking for. You're like, oh why my are you, God. Why are you wasting my time? Like I'm not negotiating with you now to principle because you're, you're just here to like tug my chain. Dude, that shit happens all the time. My foster son was selling a, his car and the guy who came out and to look at it, it was like, as soon as he got out here and started going around, he goes, oh, see, I couldn't see that scratch. He did the exact same moves. And he goes, look, mm. I'll give you this much on the spot right now. I have the cash on me, but I'm not going to give you a penny over that. So what do you want to do? 
And my that sounds like something Jeremiah's probably done a bunch of times. My boss is no, like, not oh, at all. I want to get rid of this car, and I have another car lined up, so I guess I'll just take the four hundred dollar hit. I guess like it, you just get put into a weird spot when you're already lined up to buy another car, and you have the one that you want, like ready to go the next day, and you need to get rid of this so you have the cash for the next one. It was just like it's so manipulative and frustrating uh and then you immediately like don't trust that person at all so you're like what kind of dealer what kind of person are we d- dealing with here am i like, i don't know you just wonder if they're going to come back at some point and find a way to like hold you accountable for something that didn't work i don't know i got immediately in my head about it and you're like now this person knows where i live and uh you just get all like stressed about it in your head it's fucking aggravating Definitely uh, see Jeremiah like walking around the outside of like a 96 vet and he's like, uh, you know, in the ad, I thought you mentioned that these were, these were the factory option floor mats and uh, these are clearly aftermarket and actually there's a little bit of a serger fray on the side of the seat <laughs> piping and, um, you know, I just wasn't expecting that is all. I will say, okay, so I felt like I got to defend myself and then I'll throw myself <laughs> under the bus. Um, I... I am a delight to deal with when, when like I'm going to buy a car. Cause if I negotiate, I'm very upfront about like, Hey, I think it's overpriced for these reasons. I would happily offer you some somewhere around this. If you aren't interested, that's totally fine. Like I don't play hardball with people. I always give them like an easy out of like, Hey, if you think you can sell it for more, that is totally fine. No pressure for me. I think this is what it's worth to me. If you change your mind later, let me know. If not cool. Like I pride myself on being, if they decide to sell it to me, they will have the absolute easiest transaction ever. Uh, like I show up on time, I communicate. I am a delight to work with. And a number of people have said <laughs> that not in those words. Delight. Now tell us about the scenario where you were not. However, well, the thing that you were just describing, when people tried, like when people either intentionally or unintentionally mischaracterize parts about the car, like it's an amazing shape needs absolutely nothing. I will point out. I'm like, Hey, these tires are seven years old or like <laughs> yeah. it's leaking like, right. Or, or options packages. Even when I test drive new cars, like if I, I don't go test drive a car, unless I already know everything the salesman's going to tell me probably at that point, like I, I obsess about it online and I read reviews and like, I learn a bunch of stuff. So if I'm on the drive and they're like, yeah, it comes with this option, this option, this option. I'm like, wait a second. Those two option packages don't come on this trim level. What trim is this? And we'll talk about it. I'm still very nice about it, but that's how I kind of decide like, oh, I'm not giving this person any more of my time. Like if they're they're trying to pull one over on me or they don't understand their product or something. And that's, I won't like give them a hard time, but that's just when I'm out. Like as soon as someone tries to say their car is like a mint one of one cream puff and you show up and it has half a dozen things wrong with it. Like I'm not going to waste their time, but I also don't mind letting them know like, hey, you know, you mentioned you were really frustrated because a lot of people like have ghosted on the car. This might be why, like, this is, uh, this is not in the condition that you're describing it as, and I'll be nice about it. And I've gotten like some good, I mean, people have worked with me a few times on that, but I'm not shy about it because it really irritates me when people do that. Yeah. I mean, just list it, like, just be honest and upfront about what you're moving. It's fine. Um, right. And if people, if they give you a hard time and they're like, they're, it's obvious they're just trying to find like a sucker to sell it to. Like, I'm not going to try to be the morality police and try to change their mind or something. Like, I'll just peace out of the situation at that point. But if it's someone who genuinely doesn't understand or seems like they may have just misunderstood or whatever, like I try to be, at least be courteous about it. Otherwise, they're probably going to run into more people who are frustrated. 
Well, next I time know. I buy maybe a I, car, maybe I, that's my retelling of it. You're coming with me next time I buy a car because that is something I'm quite terrible at. Uh, I am fantastic at it. I've bought way too many. <laughs> I'm very bad at it. I'm bad at. I can't negotiate very well because if I'm talking to you about the thing, like I'm gonna buy the thing, like. You could be like very unreasonable about it, and I'm probably I probably want it bad enough that I'm just gonna buy it, even if you don't like budge on something that you should. I'm definitely biased towards wanting to buy it because I just love cars, and not even like exotic cars. If I just like it when I get there, I want to make it work no matter what. And that is like when I'm looking at like a Camry or something. That's not the best trait. <laughs> like, there's definitely more fish in that sea. But I'm like, but this one, they seem cool. This seems nice. The worst for me, so like the last vehicle I bought was my minivan several years ago. And it was like, it was after it was, yeah, I guess it was a little over four years ago. It was right around the time my foster son moved in with us and we needed the extra space. And I was like, we found the, the vehicle that we wanted and it told us the price. And we were like, that's pretty much the best we're going to get right now. Um, and so we go and then, of course, the sticker price is higher than the advertised price. Uh, so that was like problem number one, where you had to talk about that. And they, cause they go, yeah, it's this much. Like, well, when we looked at it online, it said this much and they're like, well, and you go, this is what it said online. Can we get it for this price? Or do I have to leave right now? I, I'm not, I'm not starting out on the wrong foot this bad. And then they go, no, no. Yeah. We, that's the price. It's fine. So then, but the thing I'm like so bad at is like, you know, as soon as we buy it, I realize, oh, we're going to need new tires soon. It's like, <laughs> I should have been like, I want I want give me something or knock if I'm gonna, if I'm buying a vehicle and I have to put new tires on, at least knock something off. And then they go like, "Well, how much do you want to spend a month?" They're like, "I don't want to have this conversation with you. I want to buy it, and mm. I want you to tell me what your interest rate is." And you just go in that run around, and they refuse to tell you under any circumstance, and you just have to buy it and refinance later. You're like, "This is such a nightmare." Going through a dealership. Wait, you, you buy from places that that won't tell you the interest rate? That feels yeah. like oh, they avoid telling you. They try not to talk about that at all. Yeah, like and unless the it's really rate was good, ridiculous. like they try to just go, well, "What do you want your payment to be?" Like, yeah, yeah, that's not how we're gonna. Yeah, go and then they decide this. how long your loan's gonna be to get you the payment that you want. It's really dumb, and we just ended up rolling. Okay, it. I would like to go with you next time. Yeah, we're having very different experiences when we go to buy these things. Yeah, yeah. Sam's uh, paying 16%. Well, it's because you just need to go in there. Go, <laughs> and it was a really high interest rate when we bought it, but we just, we kind of knew. Um, and we had already, like, we had financed our previous car through a credit union that we really liked working with, and their interest rates were, like, really low. So, I mean, we bought it, and then the next mm. week we refinanced. So, like... They they did they got nothing out of not being honest with us. We refinanced immediately, and it didn't cost us anything. Uh, or if it did, it was minimal. So like, whatever. It's just such uh, buying a car is the that most dishonest right. experience. <laughs> no, it doesn't seem right. It was, I don't know. I know refinancing was you a very big cost for us. Look, if they if they try to jerk you around, you just got to play the ultimate Jeremiah checkmate card, and you do a burnout and flip the bird at the same time. Just I would say I'm not that much circles. of a Corvette driver, but I would definitely think about it. I got my Dale shirt. I, did I tell you that? Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. You... I've got my I got my Dale Earnhardt shirt. <laughs> I've already worn it a worn it a couple times unironically. <laughs> like I wore it, I was like, I actually kind of like this as a shirt. <laughs> so was it so, yeah, ironically? Got, 
uh yes it's for my cars and coffee cosplay outfit i have not bought the new balances or the pit vipers yet but those are coming before the weather warms up okay so it's a it's a shirt dale earnhardt would wear or a shirt with dale earnhardt on it you are such a yankee uh it is it is a 1990s (laughs) dale earnhardt nascar shirt of like when he was in his heyday like the intimidator you know it's black it's got dale earnhardt's branding and his face on it wearing sunglasses looking cool it's a uh, cool you know looking a shirt that dale earnhardt would wear cool. would have to be like a light blue denim button down right probably well, yeah, unbuttoned down to dressing that. up as dale earnhardt why the fuck would i know that uh that's fair that's fair uh because you're that's a, a young liberal wimp uh <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even that big of a Dale Earnhardt fan, to be honest. I was a Jeff Gordon fan, but uh, oh, dressing like one of the sir. Rainbow Warriors. The name of his pit crew was the Rainbow Warriors, um, which I really feel like he just That's missed awesome. the best branding opportunities on that by like a decade and a half. He could have brought in <laughs> so many gays to to the sport if he owned he that, right? A 10,000% increase in the number of gay people watching NASCAR go up to like six or seven people. Oh, yeah. That would have been, that, that been such a sick move. Dude, okay, so real quick, last night it's deer season here, which you know is something that uh, April and I do every year. Essentially, a religious holiday. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's close as we get. Do they close and the schools for opening day? Not here. I think they did in Michigan in some places. Michigan, it was a real big deal. But uh, that's how they so eat the whole night, winter. I mean, if they don't go out there on day one and get all the deer they can, they don't eat all winter out in Michigan. Yeah, or you just run them down with your car the rest of the year. There's more. There's more deer crossings than there are like pedestrians. It's but, snowmobile uh, crossings. There's yes, actually a ton of those. Yeah. yeah, we have a bunch of those around here. I didn't. <laughs> so I'm out last night. April wasn't with me. She was at a like a birthday party, and we're. Uh, I'm sitting in the blind. Big buck comes in. It's kind of raining and drizzling out, and I, I ended up shooting this big this big buck, and so he went down, and it was dark out, and my dad and my grandpa were off hunting on a different place, so call them and tell them that I got one, you know, and so they come down in their UTV, and so, <laughs> like, field dressing a deer is not a fun thing to do. Sounds awful. And it's it sounds like one of the worst experiences imaginable for me. It's very gross and confusing at times, but it's like that's what you need to do. Like if you're gonna shoot one, you need to take care of it. Like that's part of the responsibility of, you know. Confusing so, how? What well, just because like usually I have to go out there with an iPad and watch like 14 videos while I'm doing it because you're okay. basically trying to like you basically open it up and you try to get all the internal organs and stuff out of it. And you want to do it quick because they, you know, it's hot in there and things spoil and stuff like that. So, um, it's God, like you so basically hot. have to open the whole thing up and you're like trying to, you're trying to do it very carefully. So you don't like puncture anything and stuff, you know? And, uh, I made a, I made kind of a crappy shot on it. So this, the stomach was punctured. So, Oh God, there's just like all this, like just mushed up salad stuff in there and whatnot. And my grandpa and my dad are like standing over my shoulder, giving directions while I'm doing all the cutting and everything. 
which is nerve wracking to begin with. Right. So my grandpa's <laughs> like laughing at me as I'm doing all this stuff and I'm just covered in crap. And we get to the very end and like, I've got everything disconnected up top, like the esophagus and all this internal organs and stuff. And then like the last, one of the last things you do is you have to like, where the pelvis comes to a V, you have to like split it and spread it so that you can pull out like the intestine and all that stuff. Right. I'm telling you, it's, it's gross. It's not, yeah, it doesn't thing. sound fun at all. I don't, I wouldn't like doing that. So my grandpa's like, all right, now, now, now reach in there. You got it disconnected. Did you cut all this? Okay. Yeah. No, no, just reach in there and you got to like pull it out. You just got to pull out the butthole. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I'm down, and I didn't get it like cut well enough. So there was still like, you know, the, like fibers and stuff, like holding things in place. So it was like pulling on, a rubber pulling band. on it. Yeah. Like a fleshy, warm rubber band full of turd. And so he's like, just, just pull it, pull it. So I, I pull on it and it like breaks and I just like toothpaste tubed everything in its colon, like out into my hand. Like, oh, were you wearing gloves wait wait wait. were you wearing gloves no what oh this is my god. bare hand full of full of deer crap and i'm just standing there looking at him and i'm like like that and he's like no not like that <laughs> oh my god your ancestors are literally staring at you like boy, what's wrong with you <laughs> you should just go to walmart and buy some beef <laughs> so yeah that what? was fun it sounds like an absolute nightmare. I, I I've never like been I hunting. And I, get a, I feel like occasionally that's an appealing idea is like, you know, hunting your own food and whatever. But then I think of the aftermath and I hear your stories, Casey, and I go, I'm just not, I'm not built for that. I'm not. Yeah, I think I'm back on, on your side now uh, on this one. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't think that's gonna. Yeah. It's gross. I mean, somebody has to do it for every hamburger you eat. You know, somebody did it to a cow. Yeah. Uh, not quite. I think we've got we've developed better ways of doing that than kneeling out in the woods trying to rip out point. rip out the cow's butthole with your bare hands. <laughs> well, they're definitely better at it for sure, and it's in a warehouse. Yeah, it's not any better for the workers. animal. Yeah, so it's not really any better for the animal, but at least it's a little more dignified for the workers. <laughs> An undocumented child laborer. Is doing it in a in a Tyson warehouse somewhere in Dodge City, Kansas, and that's the way we like it. That's I mean, how else might my meat at two ninety nine a pound? I don't. I mean, <laughs> fair's fair. Can you believe it? An entire meal at McDonald's costs nine dollars now. It's ridiculous. Thanks, Biden. Yeah, fast food is getting expensive, though. Come on. It is, yeah, it is very. very you, no, much the funny thing so, is, yeah. if you get like meals, it's always like, wow, that's a lot now. But there's always a cheap way to go with fast food where you can you can work it out. You get their apps, you use the deals, you get the right things. You're in and out under three dollars all the time. Order that's a water me. and then fill it with uh, Dr Pepper or Damn, whatever. You're still walking into these classic establishments. Move. That's a classic move. Oh uh, no, no, I I just go through the drive through. <laughs> You order water and you get there and you're like, can you actually put Dr. Pepper in there? And the the person getting paid <laughs> minimum wage is just like, yeah, I guess that's fine. I don't care. It doesn't come out of my Dude, paycheck. I just like back, 
back up and everybody has to like back their car up in the line. And I'm like, excuse me, this was supposed to be a dark river. It's like, we only put water in these cups. He ordered a water. And I'm like, I, I think I know what I ordered. <laughs> By the way, I need a discount on this sleep token hoodie. <laughs> Fuck that yeah. sucks. Holy shit. He sucks so bad. He does. And uh, hopefully I have an update for you guys uh, next week on, whether or not I've, um, I hope eBay just, I think eBay has like a, uh, they have hitmen employed for people who just get like too bad and they just go, all right, you're done. Like, so that's the hope is that eBay, I hope they don't kill Captain C. I hope they do a better job at finishing him off than, uh, Tim Limbises did his wife, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll Draw a better map. Actually, he comes up in this. In this interview, too, we make a joke about that. We'll never not make jokes about it, and we'll probably never get him on the podcast at this point. But that's fine. Uh, I'll go ahead and introduce our guests. We This is the most guests we've ever had, I think. Um, so we had on... Rob. Sam was beaming. Yeah, this is a this is a lot of fun for me. He was very uh, excited about this one. Yeah, we had on Rob and Paul and Joe from a little band called From a Second Story Window. I brought them up a couple of times uh, throughout the longevity of this podcast, because when we have talked about some of our best show experiences, uh, they always make the list for me. And I've talked about it before. And uh, they they put out an incredible album called Conversations in 2008. And then they uh, broke up before they uh, technically before the album even came out. And recently they decided to get things going again. Um they played their first show maybe a week or two ago and uh, they get some, some new music coming down the road. But um, I was really excited to have them on. I, like I said, I've been a big fan of this band for a long time. Um, Conversations has to be one of my most listened to albums. I, they were really kind of like picking up speed before they just, as we'll hear uh, on this interview, they uh, threw a series of just rough tours. Uh, they just got sick of the, the grind of touring and uh so you'll honestly it was just such a fun conversation to hear the full story uh i i've always been curious as to what happened and why they just from my perspective as a fan just called it quits when they really seemed like they were like right there i mean they they were really the things were moving forward for them it felt like as a fan and i so i was shocked when that when that happened and um I don't know. I had, I had such a great time talking to them. It was a really, it was really fun for me to be able to uh, talk to them in person about their experiences, how they felt um, during their time as a band, how they grew uh, their musical, st their style shifts, things like that. Um, and uh, I'm more than excited that they're back together and I can't wait for them to put out some new music. So uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I think this is just a great interview. If you're interested in bands and band history and um, where things start and where they end, I think this uh, I, Casey does most of the listening back to uh, interviews and does all of the editing work. But I listened back to this one today and I was like, I feel like I got the full picture. I listened again. I didn't have any follow up. So I was really happy with the way this one came out. And I hope everybody really enjoys our conversation with the guys. Uh, with the guy's in from a second store window. We also uh, 
had some audio, uh, some slight audio issues when we were doing this. It was a, a Joe had a delay on his end. So there was some, um, it took a little bit of facilitating at times to, to hear from everybody. And then we did lose Joe jumped in late and we did lose him before the end of the podcast, but it all went pretty seamless uh, regardless. So despite a couple of little hiccups uh, in having our first ever podcast with three guests on at once, I think it went remarkably well. Yeah. So if you like the show, give us a review wherever you listen to it takes three minutes and it's uh, very impactful. So we would really appreciate it if you would do that. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to the show. Um, keep an eye on our YouTube channel because we are posting video of most of the episodes now. Not all of them, but the ones where we have solid video that comes out of it. We're, uh, we're putting that up there if you'd prefer to watch the pond. And then... Uh, if you are not in our Discord yet, you should join. Um, join and send us the articles that your dad sends from, uh, you know, BitChute or InfoWars or whatever, because we do really enjoy seeing those and uh, talking about them. I have a tradition that I want to start here, speaking of which. Um, I have this wonderful book. We're not going to do it today because we're out of time, but... Uh, you guys know who David Icke is? Yes. So I have this book called The Biggest Secret, the book that will change the That's world. That's a fat-ass book, dude. He is not short on words. He does like 10-hour conferences that people like pay to go to. But I thought it might be fun uh, to occasionally pull, a, pull an article out of here so we can talk about like what breed of reptilian, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Bill Clinton is, and there's a lot of that in there. Nice. That sounds <laughs> exciting. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, enjoy our conversation with from a second story window. Hey, everybody. We are back with our guests, Paul and Rob from from a second story window. Uh, guys, I'm so excited to have you. I'm really, I really appreciate you guys joining us today. How are you guys doing? Excited to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, first of all, let's like, okay. For anyone who's just listening, that video does go up, but um, we have two guests, so we need to delineate between voices and that can get confusing. So Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you. Excellent. And Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having us on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, hopefully everyone who's listening can delineate between Rob and Paul. We'll see. Um, uh, yeah, guys. So it's super exciting. I've, um, I've been a big... Uh, big from a second story window fan since since delinda so 2006 i guess um mm -hmm. is that when that came out right yeah which is yeah, <laughs> insane 17 years ago that's gnarly <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and before we get into anything i just want to point out one of the most memorable things for me is um uh going to one of your shows at the worcester palladium and looking at your merch and seeing the uh the booty shorts with the f a s s w across the butt and yeah uh i've look sometimes people hold on to things for a long time and i'm curious as to whether or not any of you guys have any of those hanging around still there's a couple pairs out there i think joe has one yeah i was gonna say he has he used to wear them on stage he, he played in them for, <laughs> for a couple tours uh yeah like every night he would wear those so yeah i 
I, I don't think that a, a ton of them were made initially anyway, but uh, there's there's got to be a couple out there. I'm disappointed I didn't buy a pair. I, it was like yeah, definitely short-sighted on my part. <laughs> yeah, you guys were one of the first ones that I ever saw do that, I feel like. And, that, and then after that, I saw them like left and right, right. like all yeah, the right. bands did them. Right. Yeah, I forget where it really are. works because ass is in the name of F-A-S-S-W. <laughs> yeah, that's now, the best part. <laughs> I don't know if I'm creating a memory. Did you guys change the colors on the letters for ass or is that the same? Yeah, I think that I think that the A-S-S was pink and then the other letters were white. I yeah. think I, that's oh, what it was. I can't remember. I that's what sure. I felt, too. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you create memories. Maybe they were just black and pink shorts with the white letters, but <laughs> you never know which memories you're creating after was, 17 was years. That a, was that a metal fest? That yeah, dude. I, okay. I believe it was, and I this is another question of creating memories, because I think it was metal fest, and you guys, I want to say you went back to back with, or at least maybe there's a band in between, but with uh, Suicide Silence. Okay. And... That's yeah, a long time ago, so I don't know if you remember that. But I, Metal Fest—I I mean, Metal Fest of the Palladium was a big deal, and I know that you guys played it the same year as Suicide Silence, and that was one yeah. of my more memorable show experiences because you guys had like some seriously good energy, uh, and it Thanks. was palpable, man. Uh, yeah, I know. I remember doing like a little bit of like a run with them. I don't think we did a whole tour, but it might have been like a small run up to Metal Fest. I, I can't remember, but there was you know kind of blurs together a little bit, but. We always loved playing those. Those were always like just amazing shows. Yeah, um, they had a solid turnout all the time. They stopped doing. Oh, I yeah. want to say they stopped doing it for a while and then ended up bringing them back. Unless I just yeah, stopped paying they, attention, but they did it last. Just year. came back this year, right? Uh, or, yeah, or was it last year? Last year, but they're doing it outdoors now. Yeah, outdoor shows at the Palladium are so good. I would love. Are they? Yeah, I would. I've never every played time. outside there. It, they only started doing that several years ago. They just closed out that parking lot behind the building, um, okay. which doesn't seem that big. When I first heard about outdoor shows, I was like, there's no way, there's no way that that's I, I was hard to believe that that even held more than indoors. But when you see the sure. closed off parking lot with uh, and then that whole area full of people, it's it's pretty crazy how many people. Sure, yeah, that. That's but, cool. But I, yeah. feel, I think I got in some trouble for going to. Uh two of your guys' shows. <laughs> so we went to Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, which is okay. like big Christian college. Okay. And even though you're, you know, a 20-something adult, like you have a curfew and they get really upset if all of a sudden like you're not there when it's it's time to like, you know, feel the beds to make sure there's feet under the covers. Right. <laughs> it's, not, oh, no. it's not pillows and fruit stuffed under there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a paper mache Clint Eastwood head. Uh, there was a, so we, I remember a group of us, like we drove like two hours to see you guys in like Harrisonburg or something like that, or Harrisburg. Or I can't remember the town. Okay. And then the next night we drove two hours in the other direction to Richmond and saw you guys again the second night, we and we lied on the checkout sheet both nights. But I remember the RA coming to us at the after the second night and being like, "Hey, you can't do this." <laughs> oh, that's yeah. so funny, man! It's, it's what so, year was that? Thank you. That's pretty cool. That would have oh. been probably 2007. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who all was on the tour. I know nights like these was on the tour. Okay, and then. Oh. God, I can't remember who was like the headliner, okay. but 
yeah, it was man. it was fun though. Yeah, our college is that the one with Devil Wears Prada. See you next Tuesday. I think see like, you next maybe Tuesday. Maybe did some dates sure. or something. Maybe man. Yeah, dude, I can't remember who yeah. who all was on. That would have been Devil Wears Prada then. Okay. I I feel like I saw you guys and see you next Tuesday like a whole bunch for a while. Like they're yeah. just you guys put in some serious road time. Yeah. You guys we did. Yeah, we did. You guys popped off during uh it's it's so funny to think like uh you know, we talk about this a good bit anytime we have people who who've been in the music world with longevity and it's like uh I mean, there wasn't I don't think Instagram was even a thing by the time you guys uh, ended no or no. wasn't big or popular you guys were like a myspace maybe generation. twitter came out yeah, yeah you guys were like a myspace generation kind of band um for sure and like you uh rob i think it was maybe before he would record but um rob you uh why don't you just kind of give a little backstory uh because you've been in the band or you said there was a band name change but since 99 so like yeah uh let's just get a a little bit of a snapshot there <laughs> all right um uh, yeah, so our our bass player, Joe, uh, was who's trying to join this. Um, he, I keep he's, seeing... he's trying his best. I just he's saw trying. his name pop up in the, in the green room again. So shot. you guys might hear Joe yeah. pop into this. He might come in. Um, well, <laughs> we we used to live about twenty minutes apart when we were kids, like sixteen years old. Uh, Joe was fifteen when I met him. I think I was sixteen, and we would just you know we would just all converge at, at hot topic in the mall. And we'd be like, yeah, I've been playing guitar for six weeks, you know, let me find a band. <laughs> you know, like, and uh, so we, we, uh, one day the, the guy that we, I was playing with, who was, was a singer at the time, met Joe at hot topic. And Joe asked if, if, you know, if he was a singer and of course, you know, there he is, there's Joe right hey. there. Hey. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> This is now yeah, the audio team. works. It does. You guys are fucking in for it. This is now. <laughs> this is now. He was just telling us about how you're paying. You used to pay room and board at Hot Topic. <laughs> Joe, I was telling him about how we met. You, you met. You met Jeff in Hot Topic. Uh, yeah, Paul stole a memory never CD from uh, Hot Topic. He, I did. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how we heard him. Still a worn out from his he said you were at the at the register complaining because the clerk wouldn't cut the sleeves off your disturbed shirt. <laughs> I feel like I, that's incorrect information. You get I no 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 no. So it, I, I'll make this really quick and short. I had to work. If at you I, the we're having a lot of audio right? issues, can you hear? You're real choppy, Joe. Jesus you have bad fuck. internet there. Yeah, do I? Yeah, no, I'm on a <laughs> island. I'm next to Tom Hanks over here discovering fire. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know how much closer what? I can fucking be. To castaway. That's a, is that a Castaway reference? Is that what we're doing? Uh, Goddamn yes, right it. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I could walk around my house all day. He's, I don't he's know rocking the work. Pentium One. <laughs> Is it really bad? It's a little better now. I mean, at least I understood those four words put together. All right. If it if it's bad, just just let oh, me know nice. and I'll just uh, I don't know, go somewhere. But let's roll it do, for now. It sounds all right. All right, my my kids no, upstairs. Like, uh, you don't want that. That'll suck. Um, 
Anyways, um, yeah, I, I, I was I, I was waiting to go into uh, uh, my you know I was in a hot topic and I was waiting to work at the haunted house that night and I saw some dude that looked like he might like the same kind of shit that I liked and uh, <clears throat> uh, I was like, do you sing? He's so like, what yeah. was he wearing that cued you in? I think a Slipknot shirt, to be honest with you. Um, I was really right. into the cold chamber. Gear. I was really into the cold chamber gear at the time, like fish over oh, like oversized fishnet shirts and that kind of stuff um um i don't even know what the fuck i was wearing to be honest with you though but he was wearing a, definitely a slipknot shirt and um <laughs> only thing that he said that i fucking heard was our guitar player has a half stack and all all we had were practice amps and i was like <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> Well, I guess it's both yeah, you guys. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't tell you that I've only been playing guitar for eight weeks. That's so perfect. You're going to be loud. Yeah, you're going to be loud. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's the that, most that perfect was it. way that was it. for a band to form in Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and so I went, I went to yes. a haunted house that night, and I was more juiced up than ever. And then, like, towards the end of like the season uh like they all came in and like we were like i don't know man <laughs> it, was, it was pretty rad <laughs> yeah long that that half stack was definitely like a status symbol at the time because i i definitely remember like going and playing with some guys at college and and when they had one of them had an he didn't even have a half stack. He had a, a head unit and then he was playing it through like one of those wedge PA speakers. And I was like, well, sure. I mean, it's something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. I begged what's, my mom for my half stack. I was like, if this could be a Christmas present for the next two years, like that's fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I got it in the I, summer. It never worked like that for me or anything like that. But like, um, I mean, we, we play, we went to a show in, um, Natrona Heights, PA. It was called um, Planet of the Apes. And the, the first Apes. show we saw there was, it was Hope's Fall, and they were playing through a crate bass amp as the um, the PA system. We saw My Chemical Romance there, and like the way they got their power in this place, it was a two-car garage, was an extension cord ran from the uh, Chinese restaurant up the street. Like, the last <laughs> show they had there... Oh, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, we we played we played with Breather Resist there, Scarlet. We played um the last show that was there was um As Hope Dies, um Under Oath, Bleeding Through and someone else. And like but Jesus. it was crazy because like we wow. we were handing out like paper garage, flyers. Literally. It was a two-car garage. It was it was it was no no heat in the in the, the winter time. Um it was called yeah, a guy named AJ yeah. ran it. Um it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. I don't know where that tangent came from, but um, yeah, it, it was it was really sweet. That DIY venue f- stage was like just the best. Like going is just shitty. Basement. I remember ba- like I, I friends in college. It was like a um, they had this like old. It was like a Victorian old style, like old ass house. Like and there was probably like twenty twenty dudes who lived in it. There were dudes squatting in the attic. It was a shithole and. They would just they would put on basement shows all the time, and you could, they just pack out their basement. It's crazy the cops were never called. Like there was just 
just go and you would see cool bands come through like people that would have connections like and yeah it was just like to watch like cool bands that you would listen to that you own the cds for play these like shit ass basement shows that were packed out that were almost enough to just take the whole building down you're it was so cool uh i miss miss that that, man it's cool yeah or not even packed out like it was like like you seeing some of like yeah like (laughs) like are you fucking kidding me there's nobody here it's like wow this is you know you you want to buy like every shirt even if you don't even have the money for it and um but yeah, yeah. like i i know what you mean i mean that that was kind of what it was like it was like you know um and then now sometimes like you think that you're going to go to a show and you're going to be the only one there and there's like 5000 people there and you're like oh shit <laughs> like i got the memo yeah. late <laughs> yeah but i mean it's, now you go it's, to buy it's tickets the good at the old door days. sold out. Playing for the other band's girlfriends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Rob, you were... So, all right, so you guys met at Hot Topic and then just, like, hit it off, so you decided to start yeah, playing. Well, Joe, yeah, Joe met the, the, the guy that I was playing with at the time, and, and then we all ended up meeting, you know, after that. Um, and that was, like, the earliest, like, pieces of the band, you know, Um playing locally and, and things like that around where we lived. Uh, lots of, you know, like small shows and, um, you know, just writing terrible songs. And until, you know, we, we started to kind of get into bands that changed our taste and, and things like that. Like Joe was saying, like seeing seeing shows like that, you know, bands like Hope's Fall and Poison the Well. And um, there was a lot of early, like, influences and stuff. But um, that was the beginning, you know, and then we – was that aphasia? Yeah, it was. How do you say it? it? Was I found I found a flyer right, the other day. I found a flyer the other day for the Chimera aphasia Christmas show. Yeah, that we were handing. Chimera? That? Yeah, yeah. They used to do Chimera Christmas because they're from Cleveland, so we're we're not far okay. from them. And you know that was that was actually another. I mean, I the this present darkness EP. Uh, is like it's still one of my favorites like it's such a oh, yeah. it's such a great um such a great great album man. i love that um that was a that was a big game changer for us as well but we all like wanted to play with them you know whatever and we finally got on a show and it was like you know at this big venue this thing that they did every year um so we got a chance to play with them kind of before they got like you know got like enormous you know um but i think at that time we were still kind of like we were like eh. it it wasn't from a second story window it wasn't uh you know we were still playing playing some of our funny older stuff you know um funny like uh like horse the band funny what were you guys was it funny like you were going (laughs) for funny or was it i don't know i don't know how to describe that older stuff yeah well it's like new metal yeah the the way new metal's coming out nowadays maybe we'd be cool again maybe we should just go back to aphasia (laughs) (laughs) A new metal resurgence is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> You're, I, well, like I watched Limp Bizkit's entire it. concert, uh, wherever that was, Aftershock or whatever, where he was dressed up as a cowboy and had the big American flag. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so much fun. Like, they're having a blast. They are. The, the self-awareness it. makes it uh, really enjoyable. There is, it's so funny to see that shift um, because I don't, what I mean, I think I'm 35, and I think if you're my age or around my age, and you were in middle school 
and you if you're gonna if you're gonna act like you never liked Limp Bizkit, I'm probably gonna call bullshit on that. I think everybody <laughs> likes Limp Bizkit. Oh yeah, and uh, Limp Bizkit, Corn, like Wes and like Head and Monkey were like my idols when I first started playing guitar. Yeah, sure. I just watched um, the did it all for the nookie i watched some of the music video the other day for some unknown reasons and there's a that it's so funny because they they did take themselves seriously so to see them come back with full recognition uh of what was happening at that time and just having fun with it is uh it's fun it's fun to watch it unfold that way <laughs> uh, to see them just really honestly they're suckering millennials for the most part like there's a research i feel like there's a lot of bands getting back together i think the internet era has made that possible right like uh i'd be yeah. curious to know how you guys kind of decided to make that work was there like did you notice the demand online i remember watching i, I so i started following your instagram page a while back um and i don't remember even what made me go to follow it but you i just i think it was a facebook post where um paul if you're the were you managing the facebook and stuff too uh, we had someone else doing it before me, and then when we decided to start being active, he was like, "Here you go," and just okay. gave it to me. But um, they, so then I created like, us Instagram and all that. I just started seeing like old clips of you guys of like shows from you guys, and was like, "I wonder if they have an Instagram." Followed that, and then started seeing it pick up more and more. I'm like, I sent it to some friends. I'm like, "There's no way they're not. They got to be moving towards doing something, right?" Like I keep seeing them post these clips. You guys did? Did you do a, re- a re-release of a reissue of something before you even announced being active? I feel like uh, it was a vinyl like- of all the records. Okay. Um, that Wax Festival put out, and that's what kind of got us all talking again and talking on a, like a weekly basis. Okay. Yeah, um, but it was. But- we they the we vinyl had so much- thing happened outside of you guys talking, and that got you guys talking. Yes. So. Uh, we we were we knew it was happening like we we were working with him on stuff but sorry go ahead Joe oh yeah I'm sorry about that um there was so much pushback from us like I personally was like oh fuck no like I don't want anything to be re- like 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 we're done it's it's it you know whatever um you know and like uh his name's Nick from Wax Vessel yeah 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 um yeah. uh, he would message me and then I think make his rounds um if I'm correct, you know what I mean? Like, but like, I know that he would message me and then I'd be 100% against it. And then, cause I remember being outside at a barbecue and I'm like, fuck no, fuck no, we're not doing this. Absolutely not. I'm not into it. And then one day he just kind of caught my attention <laughs> and, and, and like, none of us are trying to beat a dead horse. Like we weren't ever like, Oh, we're now we're in our fucking, you know, late thirties. We want to redo this and revisit this because we are unhappy with our lives. No, it's nothing like that. When he said that this whole vinyl thing could do well, I'm like, all right, let's 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 figure it out. Let's try to do this. And when when we went through everything and you know went back and forth, um, it it ended up being really awesome. And I was like, this many people give a flying fuck about us. I'm like, okay, well, I I guess. You know, we're not beating a dead horse. Uh, uh, it could be cool. And while the iron's hot, while we have the opportunity, let's let's do it. Like, because my my biggest thing was never wanting to try to shove shit back into people's throats so they don't care. You know, but if people do care, well, then fuck it. Who cares? Let's then then we care again, too, because we only care if people care. You know, yeah. um, 
I don't know. I mean, we, we've always done stuff for ourselves, but at the same time, if people aren't interested, we're not going to jump in a van and drive cross country, you know, back in the day and, you know, not play. I'm not going to, we're not going to play to nobody. You know, we could do that in our basement, but I don't know. So long story <laughs> short, they, they were the ones that definitely threw fucking fire on or uh, threw, threw gasoline on any kind of spark that could have been anything. And, Brought us all back together, like hanging out wise, talking and, you know, all that fun stuff. And Paul's been writing a bunch of awesome stuff and throwing it back to uh, Nick and Rob. And I don't know, it's been it's been awesome. I'm so happy that it it happened. And I really do think it was was Wax Vessel that really started all this shit. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, he said, I think he said, like, we were the most requested band and like we were like, yeah, right. And then it like sold out so fast and it got us all, it got us all talking, uh, every day. And then, uh, yeah, like, so here we are like working on new music and playing a show next week, which is so hard to believe. Which is incredible. I, it's awesome. I, um, I, I, I listened to conversations, uh, your album conversations came out in 2008. I listened to that a lot. It's regularly, it's, it's been on my rotation since it came out in 2008. So, uh, but I threw on, I threw on Delinda, uh, this today, I, that I revisit that one pretty, you know, a couple times a year. Um, and I threw it on today and every time I listen to it, I'm always like really blown away by it and how it holds up. And I feel like you guys put that out around the same time. Like, I don't know. I feel like it bridges some gaps. Um, so you guys had I, well, the EP, not one word shall be omitted. That was 2000. When was that? I think one, 2001. Okay. And then it got way, way back. back. Four. No, uh, three. Oh, three. Four. <laughs> four is when the black market release happened. Cause we just talked about this. That's oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cause you, you guys put yeah. that on your own and then it got picked. You guys got picked up by, uh, which, which label you black, um, black market activities black market okay and they they put they reissued that for you guys right yeah it was called something else before that okay we had previously the only uh, difference is kind of self-released that scott hall from pig destroyer he mastered it and um oh cool it sounded better yeah like it, it sounded better um yeah but that was pretty much it so like really the first release for black market was kind of like he probably just you know, gave a friendly smile and handshake and um, had it mastered. But like, I mean, we paid for everything, you know, it was already done. They just had to kind of uh, make it sound a little bit better. And like there, there was new artwork and stuff too. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that in a way, like I'm not like underplaying what black market did for us. It was, it was, it was awesome. I, I fucking love black market, but we didn't, they didn't have to put us in a studio and us record and all that stuff. Like really it was like our recording, and then it was just remastered and then artwork and stuff. But yeah. Okay. It, and it's the, the difference in the, the sound and vibe of that EP and, and Delinda is like, there's such a huge, like that has such a, the EP has a very like raw sound to it, which is still, it's fun. It was like, it kind of reminded me of, like in your head, like if you listen to old albums uh, that got like, I feel like there's plenty of albums where you go back and listen to it and you're like, oh, I forgot how raw that sounded. I want to say like, even some like, one of the ones that comes to mind is, I want 
oh god it, i'm forgetting the album it's an old under oath album that had, um it was before they were only oh yeah safety there's a, the changing of time which one is it the changing of times it's something like that. Something yeah. like that. I don't know. Either way, very raw sound, and then like there's the like their explosion and then blew up with their own. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> and uh, I think so. Yeah, and uh, it's just fun. I mean, I love hearing that like that difference, uh, especially. But with throwing on Delinda today, I was like, you guys, I I feel like you guys did this neat thing where, and I'm curious as to where the direction for you guys came from. Uh, and why you kind of went the direction you did or what your influences were. Because Deathcore, I feel like, blew up. You had your job for a cowboy. Suicide Silence was getting real big at, at around that time, I think. Um, but I feel like you guys had elements of that, but weren't quite that uh, and still kind of uh, hit a broader, maybe a, I want to say broader audience, which is maybe why you guys were in such high demand for a vinyl issue. So what, like when you guys started writing Delinda, um, it, like what was what was going on at that time musically for you guys? And what was kind of your thought process in the direction of that? I feel like we just liked so much different stuff. Um, you know, like we just, there was a, just a tons and tons of influences. And I think as like individuals, we all individually liked a lot of different things. Um, so we tried to just pull in elements, you know, from everywhere. And then we, we had a singer that could sing. So we wanted like a little bit of singing. We wanted to like showcase that a little bit. Um, you know, we liked grind. We liked stuff with a lot of melody, you know, like big, um, I don't know, what do they call that stuff now? Like the, I don't know, explosions <laughs> in the sky type stuff, Trap you know, core? You know like we like that kind of stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, we like death metal. We like black metal. Like we liked everything, you know? Um, so I feel like there was just a lot of, a lot of different influences and we tried to pull in as much of it as we could. Was there yeah. a point where you guys I, felt like, where you noticed like, uh, Go ahead, John. No, definitely. Oh no, I'm sorry. Th I said there's John. A delay. Joe. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, shit. It's it's a one syllable word, man. It's all good. Um, we um, <laughs> look at the J. I, you put your I, name I, as J O H H H H H H H H H H, and then I just instantly read it as though there'd be an N following that because that would just be the logical conclusion. So <laughs> I thought it to be a soft J, like a yaw. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yogging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I think like we, we, I think it was five dudes trying to play. Okay, so for me personally, I was really into um, all of the, and I know we all were, but like I was really, really into it, but like all of the 2000, like, Screamy shit, page 99, Orchid, um, you know, Seisha, uh, Jerome's Dream, that kind of thing. Um, but with a bunch of other stuff too, a lot of heavy stuff too. Um, some of the other guys were into more metal stuff, some of the other guys were listening to a lot of Pink Floyd. Um, it was like we were, it was like five dudes trying to play five different things. Um, but it always worked and it was always cohesive and we always came to an agreement to where we always like, like this, you know, you know, um, but I don't think we ever really could have been the whole death core thing. Um, it was getting big. We played a lot of shows with, um, you know, Mitch from suicide silence. We were good friends with him. The first time we ever went to fucking Europe, um, this fucking shaggy haired dude comes up on stage and we we're in fucking, England and it was the singer of you know it was Ollie from uh uh 
Bring Me the Horizon. I've never heard of them. Bring before. Me the Horizon. Like, yeah, I never heard of them in my entire life. And like this kid singing a breakdown with us to five kids in the room, and like I was like, oh, that was cool. And um, <laughs> later on, like they're the, one of the biggest bands ever. You know, like I never really understood what was going on with everything. Um, like what everybody else said, we were just a bunch of dudes just trying to play what we liked and trying to um, appease everybody else's hunger for certain things um you know what i mean like in in different you know whether it was conversations or delenda or whatever um the album before that some of us were still in high school um so i don't know that one i don't really consider too much thinking about but the other ones i definitely have i think we had (laughs) we're trying to do What do you do, okay, when you're writing songs and stuff and you got multiple people putting in pieces, what do you do when somebody shows up with an idea that just blows? <laughs> like, do you have a group veto system? Is there like a, a separation of powers sort of thing? Like, does, uh, I don't, like, does it's never really happened that much. <laughs> Joe, you ever been vetoed? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, sometimes people have these <laughs> grandiose ideas. I mean, <laughs> who's who on this later sometimes? <laughs> I did. And, uh, <laughs> you know, out of respect, you know, you want to, you want to go through, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and just completely exhaust it. And like, hopefully it sucks so bad and surfaces really quick so that everybody understands that, okay, well, we try <laughs> really terrible. And then, and that's it, you know, but I, I, it, 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 it is a democracy. I say, I think part. we were always very good about that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, like we, I thought, I thought we were always very considerate of each other in that way. And like, we, we always came to, we were, we were like, I remember being on tour with bands and like they'd punch each other in the face every night. You know what I mean? And like somebody would get <laughs> wasted and drive their van off of a fucking cliff. You know what I mean? Like it was just like we we did we had a good we had a good relationship where like we were pretty diplomatic in a lot of ways. And I think that we we like respected each other and we took care of each other. And like I think that I think that's that's very important. And I think when you have that kind of relationship, you can talk about something not being that good and the rest of the people will respect that opinion, you know, and like sure. um I don't remember ever being like super pissed about anything like that, you know? No. So when you guys start like, uh, notice, okay. I'm always curious about this, especially before, you know, spot like, okay. You're a Spotify generation band and all of a sudden you have 400,000 plays on a song that's like that, you know, like you just know that like you hit, even if it's with one song, you know it hit, and you know there's someone who wants to market you because they saw the numbers ahead of time. Um, you guys, you do an EP, it gets noticed. You're like, you must have been like, fuck yeah. Like, that's the dream. I was in a high school metalcore band, and I'm like, oh, that's all you ever fucking talked about. Every practice, you fucking talked about how you're going to get together your fucking press kit and whatever the <laughs> fuck that you don't know what you're talking about. And you're like, we could put in a cool shirt. And if they like our shirt, they'll be like, you guys are really good graphics designers, even though you don't know shit. And it's like, <laughs> you just have all these ideas and you're like, you have all these dreams. And then you eventually you, you just stop because it's, but it, it started getting that momentum for you in that pre internet era. Like you, so what, I mean, so, what's the, what's like, the 
momentum? How do you know? And now you're doing, go ahead. I remember like Joe and I, you know, before not one word was released by black market, we had, it was called the Cassandra complex and we paid to just, you know, burn like a million of these things. And we would just go on lamb goat and we would just post in there and say like, if if you want free music, just, just give us your address. And most people would just be like, and you showed up and robbed them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But <laughs> Rob, remember we but, had we had a two, we had the two song demo with Jeff singing on it first. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So that's that. Yes, we continuously did this. Right, and we would sit there and eat eggs and tacos, and we would we would burn CDs, and we would just every address that was given to us, we would put a CD in a package, and we would send it. And for free. after a couple yes. months of doing that, we just started getting emails from all over the country like hey you guys should play in washington hey come to florida like hey you should you know and that's that's essentially how we did our first tour like we just made those connections you know and then we you know we had a (laughs) we went out on the road with a a binder you know this thick of map quest directions (laughs) and uh we would get lost and like, you know, if it, and back then, if you got lost, it was just over. <laughs> and, uh, just- Somebody just eventually finds a skeleton in a van at the back of like a, a Walgreens parking lot. But, but that's, that is how we created our, our first, you know, our, the ability to, to actually travel. And we were like, wow, like people, people somewhere else, not in our town would like to hear us play music, you know? And we eventually were able to, you know, buy a piece of shit van and try to go and do that, you know. So that's how that's that's how the momentum so guys, started for us. You just sitting around in a small room eating eggs and packing jewel cases. How bad <laughs> yes. did it smell in there? <laughs> oh, it was bad. <laughs> we, we we don't eat like that. That's that's fart food. Like <laughs> always that would scrambled. Be <laughs> always scrambled. I still have the same <laughs> egg salad sandwiches. I have the same picture that we would duplicate these seeds on. And um, we would like put this like, you know, label on top of it. And like, I mean, we spent so much money sending these things out because, you know, but like, yeah. so I remember hearing a Dillinger escape plan um, uh, interview where they would like work at this gas station and use the, long distance from the phone at the gas station to call uh venues and and um book book their tour and i remember they drove 11 hours to a show that didn't even happen and i was like all right we don't have to drive 11 hours to a show that doesn't happen then we're doing pretty good so like i would base my base my experiences off of what i would hear other bands that have done and it was just so cool to eat shit i mean like eating shit is a part of being on tour um and i think you really got to do it when you're young and don't have any responsibilities because i mean i know guys that are our age you know late 30s that are like we're gonna jump in a van and go on the road and i'm like you sure about that (laughs) like like why Yeah, it's a young man's game to do that grind for certain. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't want to. It was hard as a young man. A, even if you have a ton of money and you can do it and fund this hobby, it's like, why? Like, don't 
don't, you know, it's fun to not sleep in hotels or think that a hotel when you do get one is like, you're so lucky to have it, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I just, it is a young man's game. That's where all the experiences come from. Yes. And that's, and that's where the stories come from. How many nights would Will be like, we need a place to stay tonight. We don't have anywhere to go. And then like five people will come up afterwards. Like you can stay at my mom's house. And we're like, sweet. You had to have ended up in some weird situations because of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's take, let's, let's stop on some of those. Let's talk about when you throw it. It's like, uh, I feel like if you're going to announce to a group of teenagers that you need a place to stay, Everyone I know who's ever done that has definitely found some weird places to stay. So what five guys mean? stacked on top of each other in a race car bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's gotta be something that sticks out, right? Uh, what, who someone's uh, mom tried to fuck you guys for sure, right? Nah, never. Wow. <laughs> I'm I, I you guys should have played close to Liberty University, maybe with Trey Falwell. <laughs> what was the tour with Sworn Enemy and I forget who else was on it? We stayed in like this chick's house and she like played the piano and it was like something really weird happened. I can't remember what it was. It was just the first thing that came to mind. I can't. Remember, who else was on that tour? Were they who, uh, whoever else is on it? Were you guys on tour with other people that were making the same plea? Like. Please let us yeah, they, I think they stayed in the house with us, and she hooked up with one of them. But the, I, I, there's something in my mind I can't remember specifically. But I remember there was like a a giant piano in the middle of her living room. Like the house was weird and like dirty, and like we were trying to find places to sleep. I can't remember what happened. Like there's something, but that's just the first thing that came to mind. I think the closest right, so- I ever came to experiencing what it's like to sleep at random people's houses when you're in a band traveling was the one year that I went to a land party in Pennsylvania with 45 other people. And it was like (laughs) a free for all for carpet space. That's the closest I've ever come to that Uh, feeling. The smell in that room would be interesting. Oh God. Yeah. Land parties have a a distinctive odor. Yeah. Especially because when we were in between (laughs) sessions, as we would call them, we uh, walked over to sheets and just ate a bunch of whatever the fuck we bought from Sheets before we went back. So I love wild. Sheets. It Smells does hold like on. Dang. I don't have it up in New England, uh, but I did recently take a uh, – last summer I took a trip down to North Carolina uh, for a show, uh, and I got Sheets several times along the way. Also, my first time trying um, – was it, was it, what's the one that everyone ra- – is it Cookout or Internet? What am I, which one am I thinking of? What's the one that has like in and out? That's the one that people talk about. Okay, in and out. It was in and out. It cookouts on the West Coast, I think, perhaps. Um, yeah, well, my no, first it, time trying in and out, and I... yeah, other in way around. Mostly maybe. on the West Coast, but it's starting to spread. We have some here in Texas now. Oh, you're getting everything in Texas, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy in. I feel so are you frozen? Am I? He might be. Yeah, you're you're super yeah. choppy again. We lost you, Joe. Fuck. Uh, Paul, let's. We're gonna shift to you for a second because you. Um, every, things are moving along for, uh, for from a second story window, and you, you hop on just after Delinda comes out. So what's going on? What's the story there? 
Uh, well, I was in another band at the time. Like I've, I've also like I've been friends with these guys for years. So I was around for aphasia. I was going to their shows, and so was Nick, our drummer. They had a different drummer at the time named oh, cool. Jeremy. And so, from a an outsider perspective, like they were like the cool band in the town. We, you know, we were in ninth grade. I think Rob was a senior. Joe was like a junior. And so, like we thought they were the coolest. And Nick and I would go see their shows at like little VFWs or whatever. And we like basically looked up to them. And Nick and I were in a band at the time. It was like just a high school new metal band. And after we became friends with them, they came over to our practice once or twice. At least Rob did. I don't remember who else was there. But oh, Nick was has always been a really good drummer. Were you there? Yeah. So so Jeremy didn't want to play the type of music they were playing, their drummer at the time. And he wanted to leave, I guess. Or you guys, I don't know what was happening. But they came over and saw how good Nick was. And they were like, oh, maybe we'll just take this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so so they asked him to join. And, of course, he's, like, ecstatic. Like, of course, yeah. Like, uh, And he joins. And he tells me, like, I'll still do the band with you. And I was all bummed, even though I was, like, happy for him at the same time. And, of course, you know, that band just fizzled out because it was whatever. And then so – he left with them and Jeremy ended up making friends with our other friend, Greg, and they started a band. And then I got introduced to them through Joe maybe or someone. And so I joined that band and we called ourselves a good day to die and eventually became Robinson. Um, so we, we were all playing shows together. Like, so we were all around each other throughout this whole thing and did the member swap thing. And then, so Robinson was touring at the same time as from second story window. Um, and then, so Derek, the guy I replaced in this band, he left the band. And then Joe called me like that night and was like, uh, so Derek left. We don't want to like steal you from your band, but would you want to fill in? We have some tours coming up this fall or whatever. And I was like, absolutely. That would be great. And so we had nothing planned. So I did that, jumped in the van with them uh, right after Delinda came out. I think it was like the week that it came out. Because I remember you guys like waiting to get the first week numbers of sales and stuff. And then you're on tour with Darkest Hour. So I like I just hopped in the van to hang out for like the last week of that tour. And I started learning songs with, with Rob, like just on the road. And the very last show, I played um, one song with them. And then after that, we went back and I started learning the rest and uh, eventually just became a full time member and decided to just stick with that and leave the other band. So that's where we kind of crossed paths. Was Rob uh, Robinson sounds like crazy i don't know that i know them but i feel like it sounds crazy familiar was robinson making i feel like i know that band name was it would that be what i know or am i just mistaking it perhaps i mean maybe like it it was like super crazy grind yeah yeah you know who they are just blast beats nonstop. um we we toured with c tuesday i like that i had that's how i met the guys to see you next tuesday was with that band first we toured with them that was like our first tour and then Wax Vessel put our stuff out before the Fastful one. Okay, um, yeah, definitely remember. Yeah, the whole yeah, yeah, I remember Robinson now. It was, dude, that's a flashback right there. I had a I had a friend in high school who was like a huge grindcore kid. So like, that he's who would have introduced me to that. That's so funny. He's in jail now. No, he's not. Oh no, <laughs> grindcore kids. Yeah, are the funny thing is group. like. Another reason I like joining this band was like we saw eye to eye on like everything more and like especially like music wise like I never really liked grind I still don't I think it's cool and I appreciate it and like whatever but like I always liked more like melodic uh still fast and heavy stuff but like just what they were doing was more appealing to me with Delinda 
And like, I just did, did, just, we got along better. We've known each other for years anyway. So it was easy. It just like fell right into place. Yeah. And we started writing almost instantly, like on the road, like just started piecing this together here and there and sitting in our trailer. I remember with Rob, like writing our first parts of our songs, just like, he's like, what kind of stuff do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And he's like, whatever we want. So it's like, <laughs> it's like the same thing. It's just like, everyone's got their own taste, but like when it comes down to it, we all loved like the Deftones. We all loved, you know, we all grew up listening to the same band, Slipknot, Corn, whatever. And then like had those new influ- influences, Poison the Well, you know, uh, Every Time I Die, Norma Jean, you know, we all grew up listening to that stuff. And that kind of evolved, but we all like the same thing. And it just like, I don't know, it fell right into place and we just uh, went for it. And yeah, so we started writing conversations and recorded the next year, I think it was, by t- 2007. Yeah. I feel like the, the guys that are really into grindcore kind of give off like maybe like a night mode version of the same vibes as the dudes that are really into like 8-bit music. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not fun to listen to. It's impressive and it's cool. Like I, but like I don't just sit down and go. I feel like listening to grind today. Like <laughs> heavy it's like, overlap. It's like appreciating an art form. Yeah, it's heavy overlap with people who own a copy of the Satanic Bible too. <laughs> I had that in a chessboard at my mom's house, and my mom's like not super religious, but she's afraid of Satan, and I think she threw it away when I moved out because like I don't know, but. It was it was silly though. I mean, if you ever read it before, it's it's just a fucking weird book, like of some guy. Um, but um, but yeah, I agree with you, Paul. Like, I had that grind grindcore is really not. <laughs> um, the shit that I did like and I did listen to a yeah. whole lot that I still am in the mood for is like Orchid Page ninety nine because there's a lot of melodies and stuff. Um, but like, uh, yeah, the yeah. more melodic stuff is what I was into. Like, if anything. Yeah, but like some of the stuff where it's just like, just I don't know. I, I don't want to sound like a dad, where but it's like <laughs> thirty dad. seconds of nonsense. <laughs> All right, I can't. You know, five like, five minutes go by. The whole you can't done. hear shit on the Robinson records, but I was trying to put all kinds of like melodic stuff and death tones chords in there, just strummed really fast over blast beats. And I don't want. Yeah. I don't want. It's a good way to ruin you. a first date. Yeah. I don't want to juice but that, yeah. that was a good fucking album, man. That was awesome. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Juice my cock. <laughs> it's, it's been juiced. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm going to wash these pants twice. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I've, I've... I got to like, okay, here, here's a... Um... This is maybe like a put your hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth sort of thing. Um, you guys need to buckle did up. Any Casey of you guys weird ass wild cards. So did you guys or did you guys not ever use a MySpace friend adder? <laughs> no, we never did. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I no. can't even remember. I'm not no. even sure what that is, but I don't think so. No, no we we've, we've, oh, man, we've too much integrity in this room. Uh, I'm not not joking. Um, And I'll say this because I think that, um, and I don't think we were smart enough, but we also wanted, (laughs) (laughs) we, we wanted sustainability. I agree. Um, It, it never made sense for us to have fake friends. Um, So we have a million people that follow us, but. Oh, were those fake accounts? 
Yeah, like we never. So it was I, like original bot type stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. I remember the first time we ever went on tour with um Job for a Cowboy. They had like two million views or some shit like that. And we're like, we have to play after them, dude. Job for a like, Cowboy. We they okay. I I'm not I'm not gonna say this in a, in a weird way, but like their first tour was with us, and they opened the whole fucking show. And it was fucking insane. They should have not have opened, but it was their first tour. It was the same with fucking um, Devil Wears Prada, and like I'm I'm quoting out Devil Wears Prada merch right now. I'm trying to get them to fucking come with my company to do shirts. Like, but it was Devil Wears Prada's first tour too with us, and it was just all these new up and coming bands because they were so big on MySpace and whatever. And I just was like if we do any of these bots bot things, it's not going to make sense because it's going to show when we play shows. Like, you know, if, like I said, we play a show and 20 people are there, it doesn't matter if we have 1 million fucking followers or whatever the fuck it was at the time, <laughs> friend, whatever. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's not real. like that. Their shit was real. Yeah, it was. What's, what was that Rob? <laughs> so, yeah. No, with bands like that, like they're, they're, you know, that stuff was real. Like I remember, that tour with job for a cow. I remember the first night in the room just was completely filled and just erupted for them. Like it was just, everybody was there for them. And it was just like, wow, like this is crazy. You know, like these, they like came out of nowhere, you know? And I felt like, I felt stupid playing after them. You know, it was just, <laughs> yeah. you know, everyone's here to see this band and we're going to, we're headlining. And so it was just weird. You know, they were honestly like it's crazy how that just happens for some bands. Yeah, yeah, it was like before viral was a yeah. thing. Job for a cowboy went viral. It was insane. It was like I remember hearing that song with like that, yeah, that blood curdling scream from that yeah. chick and that like reverse snare drum. Yeah, and like goes in. And I was like, what? Yeah, and it was great. It was a catchy it was song. Good. Like it was, it was really awesome. good. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just happens for some bands for some reason. Like everything aligns and like they just blow up. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, but we never. So you guys fake bought. No. It, it's yeah, funny you met you made a good point, Joe. Where it's like, uh, like at this point in time, getting you know, all right, as someone as who runs a a public podcast page that would like to get you know, um, of course I would prefer to have as many followers as I can with it. So like, what I I do this thing that I hate, where it's like, what I know I I pay attention when we get new followers. I check it out and I go. Is this per? Should I follow this person back? Like, and if they have like thirty thousand followers, without a doubt, I'm probably going to follow them back. If they have three, uh, I might look at it and see if this page aligns with what I'm doing. Like, you play this dumb fucking social media game. Uh, when at the end of the day, it like doesn't cost me anything to follow anyone back, which is also what makes me question my entire everything I am as a person. But uh, I, I'm like. <laughs> You play this game, so but what you'd see now with you, you monetize your followers now. Like, if you have a hundred thousand followers on a social media page, you're getting paid at the time that you guys yeah. were doing shit. It didn't matter how many friends you had on MySpace or what your Facebook likes were, that wasn't being monetized. The monetization was what you got at shows. So, there, there was a time where having as many followers, it perhaps it would have like it, and that might have even been before like you got the algorithm bump where like it would be advertised to people who might like similar things. Like the, so much has changed in the way that works where it's like, 
having those followers, having those likes, they didn't necessarily translate to people showing up to a, a venue and no. paying for a ticket and buying fucking merchandise. And there wasn't even a feed or an algorithm back in the day. You just went to someone's page and you were their friend or not. Like it, it, I remember like when we were on MySpace, there was no like home feed where you would just see posts. It was just yeah. like you had your page and that was it. And we put our song up. I remember that was our website. We didn't even have a website anymore. We dropped our first song from Conversations. It was Leaving the Earth. I remember I was at our friend's house and I remember we like, decided we we're going to upload it tonight as the first single and put it up. And I sat there all night refreshing, like seeing how many views and what people were saying. And like, I think we hit like 7,000 views the first night. And I was like, yes. And was sitting there drinking with our friends, like refreshing on this old ass computer. It's <laughs> <laughs> like terrible internet. Yeah. God, I love that. What? Um, all right. So I, I've, uh, this has been like the burning question in my mind. You guys, I feel this is, I'll tell you what it felt like for me. Uh, and you tell me what it was for you. Uh, conversations comes out. And I remember I first heard it and it was a big, I, at that point in my life, it was just like heavy, brutal. I want heavy and brutal music. Um, and I first heard a song and I was like, oh, this is a big shift. And I, I, I didn't know how I felt about it. Uh, and it didn't take me long to be like, uh, I, and this has been something I've done my whole life, which is the problem. Like I listen to something and it's not like what I knew before and I go, it's okay. And then I revisit it later and I go, actually, I love that. So like, I never, now at this point, I know, like give something a chance. Always listen to it several times. Give something a chance. But when I first heard it, I was like, "It's it, it shift, it shifted. There was more, uh, there was more singing. Uh, it was less on like the quote unquote brutal side. Um, but then it like it pulled me in big, and I fucking fell in love with the album conversations. And I felt it, it felt like you guys maybe began to tour it, and then all of a sudden, from a second story window, was over. Uh, and I didn't get, I was like, oh, I was, it was a major, I was like, oh, I'm so bummed. I didn't get to, I saw you guys play your stuff from Delinda. I was like really pumped on a conversations tour in the U S maybe I missed a show near me because, uh, Spotify didn't tell me what I should or shouldn't go to, but, um, <laughs> it just felt like it ended kind of abruptly. Like it conversations came out in 2008 and you guys kind of ended, I think in 2008. Uh, so what was like, yeah, we ended yeah, before it came out. Yeah. <laughs> all right so okay i'm on i'm on that's uh, that's how well things were going <laughs> so what was going on what what was what how'd you put out such how'd you put this album out but end it before it even released what happened Let's just say that joe's the original tim lambesis yeah <laughs> oh, i didn't try to kill my wife um uh you're talking about the guy from as dying right yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I prefer Austrian death machine, but okay. (laughs) Um, so if I can say this, we, we got kind of pushed into doing a bunch of shitty tours, um, tours that didn't make sense for us tours with bands that are doing good now, but weren't doing good at the time. Um, and we just, I don't know. It it was, it was kind of fucked. Like I remember being, we were playing the creepy crawl in St. Louis, Missouri. And I was on the phone with um, Brian from metal blade. And he was like, yeah, we want to put out your next record. And I'm like, dude, we're not going to even be a band. Like we're not going to fucking make it. Like we're, we're pretty much done. And like, you know, we have metal blade basically saying they want to put out our next record. And I was like, don't even, don't even fucking bother, dude. 
we're 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 done. <laughs> like we we were on tour with like I don't want to you know I don't want to call out who we thought we didn't expect anything. It, it wasn't bad like tours. It was bad tours for us. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. the pairing was wrong. Yeah. It was not. We yeah. we we weren't on tours where people were coming out to see us. It was like it just the wrong, you know, mixes of bands, you know, it just wasn't yeah. it was just really discouraging and really frustrating. And, you know, the morale. And it was the wrong, wrong crowd. If, if it was like a new like crowd for us, they weren't going to like us anyway. Like we, we wanted to be out with like under oath and bands like that, that like sounded more along the lines of us. It's like heavy, but it's still like melodic and lots of singing and stuff like that. And we we're like, where are those tours? We just kept getting thrown on death metal tours or, you know, it was just the wrong stuff. And so that's very demoralizing when it's just over and over and over. And uh, we all got tired. We were burnt out. We weren't it making wasn't money. Even death metal and was it just got to the it, I mean, we I were mean, on tour with no, but some silly metal bands. That's that's kind of what it was. It wasn't even death metal. Like, yeah. It was, or it was I, like with I'm Acacia so Strain, who we loved and were our friends, but like that audience isn't going to like Yeah. Well, okay. Doing, so what's know, it like, like? What's an audience? I don't think anyone will be offended here. What's an audience that wasn't? Because you guys did have this. So you're, you, you're working on conversations. You're writing conversations. You're probably playing some of those songs maybe before the album comes out. You're, you're wanting to, you, it, with Delinda, you could have kind of bridged that gap. You could have been here. You could have been, you could have been with, uh, with under oath post uh post the uh they're only chasing safety you could but it's like i feel like when you're starting to get into the singing like death metal kids don't want singing of course we know that so i understand where that wouldn't be a good match what are some bands that you feel like weren't a good fit that you were putting on the you're on these tours you're trying to do this new thing with conversations and get a little bit more melodic um What's 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 some of the specific like? What are some of the tours that weren't work that you didn't feel were working out for you, despite the what, fact what, the bands what were was great. the one that we ended on? Divine Heresy, Divine Heresy, and I don't even remember who else. That was the, that was it. Sworn Enemy, Divine Sworn Heresy, Enemy. Okay. us, yeah. Um, and like it was just like not our audience at all. And some nights there just weren't many people there. Period. And like we had already been like fed up at that point. I think that was just like. <laughs> the final nail in the coffin like we didn't even did we not finish that tour right because we, we skipped we on yeah because we we were coming through home like like toledo we were going to go home that night and stay and then we had to go to like new england metal fest or something and yeah. we had an, like an mtv2 interview lined up and all this stuff because the new record was coming out and like that's how bad it was we just never left home we we had this like big like not like a fight like it wasn't anything between members but like like i remember who was might have been joe the first person says like i'm just done and i was like i remember standing on our trailer door open and i just said all right well i'm gonna move to california and then like everyone was just like done like (laughs) and it happened that quick and we had spent all that time months writing a month in the studio staying up there in syracuse and all that and we put everything into that record we were so happy with it and that that tells you how bad things were that for us to just go yeah that's it and not do any of that like what we had lined up it would have any part of you guys afterward that felt like uh like a few months in or whatever three four months later we were just like fuck should we have seen what would have happened if we put this album out and kept going for sure definitely yeah 
I to be honest, I, I never regretted it that much. To be honest, dudes, I never looked right, back. Oh, so uh, we got there's a delay. Or like, go ahead, Joe. Uh, I I never looked back. I didn't look. I look. I didn't look back because we didn't have a lot of support. Um, and it wasn't so much being on tours that people didn't give a shit about us. I just kind of felt like um, we were we were beating a dead horse before the horse was even dead um, at that point. And uh, it, it it just, you know, when like, I don't know, we, we kind of blew up kind of fast when we were younger. And I don't think that's ever good for any person because you're kind of like, oh shit, we played here last year and there was 20 people here. Now there's 200. Now there's 500 and they're jumping on stage. Now we're selling out of merch. And then you go back there a year later and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. And then people don't give a shit or something like that. You know, uh, you know that that can happen. Um, I'm not saying that was like our normal thing, but it was it was so hard to gauge. And, uh, you know, um, so some of the tours we were going on were kind of pushed by our label. And they they just didn't make any sense. So. It was tour after tour, and kind of got to the point where we we're just like, "Fuck this!" I mean, you know, I'm, I'm. Yeah. So some of some of the shows we'd have to drive 28 hours to Halifax, Nova Scotia, to start the tour, or we drove from Ohio to Albuquerque, New Mexico, to start the tour. You know, and it was like, for fucking what? Like, we we toured with Darkest Hour, Misery Signals, and Versus the Mirror in uh canada and started one part of canada went all the way to the other part of canada making 100 dollars a night and that's when you know gas was a dollar something per court so it's like five dollars a gallon but we sold enough in merch and it made made sense to do it so it was never a money thing it was just like what makes more sense for us to do and some of these tours that we did were just like even if it was like financially, I guess, sustainable, it was still just like killed our fucking drive to be stoked. Yeah. Probably would have been smart to just say no to some things. And it's like, we don't have to be on the road constantly Fuck. burning ourselves out, wait until something like comes along, especially cause like I've like going through our old footage and like putting together our show trailer and stuff. And I, I like came across one in California. Will was like, I know we were here just seven times, but like, thanks for coming out. And it's like, oh, we were just beating them to death with like just coming through, coming through, coming through. Like, if there's no demand for you anymore, also, it doesn't matter if you're on the right tour. So, very true. But that's yeah. what you did back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I guess like it's just tour your ass off and you need to know when to take breaks and work on new material and then like wait for the right things. Cause it, I don't know. We, we never really thought about that. It was just like, that's what we do. So we just go back out. It's kind of like uh, I'm in sales and you know, cold calling is just a part of sales that you have to do. And like, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it sucks, but like you can only do so much of it because it's like yeah. very demoralizing and like, you're going to get, you know, for every one decent call that you do, I mean, you're going to end up getting kicked out of like six places and you can only handle so much before you're like, I can't, I, I don't care anymore. And I do not want to do this. Yeah. I did a lot of that because it was like the only places that would hire me between tours was like call centers. 
Oh, did you so ever work for Civic Development Group, Paul? I did. Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, I think I did for like two weeks, and then like, <laughs> and then then you, I, I think I left on my own. Yes, yeah, you did too. Oh my god! Did you guys watch the documentary on HBO about it? No. Oh, no, no. you have to. It's the life. Oh yeah, injury. I did. I saw the first episode. Oh yeah, my wow. god, it changed my life. It was the most validated thing I've ever seen in my life. I worked at Civic Development. The group whole thing was a scam. Yeah. Yes, and oh my, <laughs> calling people on behalf of some bullshit firefighter thing, some bullshit cop teddy bear drive, some bullshit <laughs> veterans fund that wasn't even actual an actual nonprofit. At least the other ones were like nonprofits that barely got money. One oh, of them crazy. wasn't even a non a real nonprofit. It was a, anyway, I just telemarketing is the worst thing you could ever do. And Casey mentioned oh, sales. It is. Yes, it's awful. And that's the most I, demoralizing thing I've ever done. If you could, if you put touring in terms of what it's like to do telemarketing, I would have fucking, you only have so much in you when yeah. it's not going right. <laughs> we would come back and only be home for like, what, like three or four weeks. And so it's like, I need to make money because we're not making enough on the road where I can afford to just like get an apartment or whatever. So I would like, who's going to hire you for three weeks and you leave again. But uh, telemarketers will. So those hire, oh yeah, sure. Come on back. Sit next to the drug addict. Like, <laughs> yes, and, dude. Yeah, it's so I, I went through every place. single place, just like kept circling around TNS Intersearch. Then I went and did like uh, tech support, like you know whatever whatever I could find for twelve bucks an hour or whatever it was. <laughs> twelve dollars, my ass back then. Yeah, no, oh no, dude, that, yeah, that's twelve was like what the the top guys were making. Yeah, it was like six dollars. <laughs> that's a lift. Yeah, I was gonna say I know for a fact when because I can think of where I can. This is I I remember being at work. And I remember the first, I remember the first time I listened to conversations from beginning to end, I was at work and it was a job that paid me five fifty five an hour. And I only worked there 20 hours a week and I made rent somehow. It was yeah. a, it's, I feel like such an old piece of shit now when I say stuff like that. Cause it's like, you sound like your dad who's just like, Hey, we back when my, I was a kid. And you're just like, God damn, that's me now. I made, I love telling people I made five fifty five an hour for twenty hours a week. That's my favorite thing to tell young people. Yeah. I think the highest I ever made it to was like nine bucks or nine and a quarter, and I was like, I'm rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no commission. Pulling out work. asbestos by hand for nine twenty five <laughs> <Yeah>. an hour. <laughs> uh, I'm always curious when uh for you know, guys like you that have been all over the place, like is there like a particular city that you just were like, man, this place has no redeeming qualities. It sucks. <laughs> um, <sighs> Wichita. Ah, hey, yes, oh, where Casey lives. Oh, you <laughs> Casey. Fuck you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh my God. What are the odds? <laughs> I don't I honestly don't even remember. <laughs> it, it's me. weird That's because like a lot of the times you, you would you'd fly in and out so quick. You know what I mean? Like you're just you'd get into a city, you'd play at that venue, and then sometimes you have to leave that night and drive overnight. So uh we would try to explore and like eat somewhere good or whatever as much as we could, but a lot of times like you would only see like one little piece of a city, you know. Like you'd be there for twelve hours. What, what was the shithole in Italy? we got robbed oh that was in milan oh fuck you guys milan. got robbed yeah. in italy yeah we didn't get robbed i mean the guy I stole merch and ran the street yeah i'm just i'm, I'm 
I'm joking. But yeah, he chased Joe chased him down the street. They tried to take our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed uh, to be but yeah, it was just like not what you expect. Just like we get to what? Italy and you expect it to be like, hey, it's Italy. And it was just like dirt. <laughs> <laughs> it was also and it, was, it was raining. It was a shitty day. Yeah. I'm just joking because like I can't fine. think of a city I really hate that much. But I I I, was I had a blast over there. I was drinking wine under a uh, 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 a streetlight with some guy named Paul Zell. <laughs> <laughs> it was very romantic. You're like, hey, how did I get here, and why do I have a thirty dollar glass of wine? Yeah. Oh Is no, that it wasn't, the burglar? It was, it was, you chased him down. You guys made out. You had to get a glass of wine. <laughs> we might have had a little kiss or two. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't. I, I don't even. Right, so the show. I don't, uh, I don't think he was there for the show. I think he just was like passing by and like he's no, like, he, you want some wine? Like, he just like put on a hoodie out of our merch bin and started walking away. <laughs> no, that was one of the helpers. On eBay later. Oh, I'm confusing it with something else. Then. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, I didn't. I don't. Like, nothing sticks out as like a like I, I despise this city. You know, like I don't. You must have never been to Sioux City, Iowa. Oh yeah, we we played there. No, we played in, we played in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and we played in Des Moines, uh, Sioux City. I feel like maybe we did. I'm not sure. That's just always There's the one that sticks out to me from when I was traveling. I, I tell you what, though, it, maybe not that city, but driving in that part of the country was like just absolute torture. You would just drive through corn for six hours. Like it never ended. It was just like hypnotizing. I just remember being like, I, I couldn't be any more bored than I am right now. You know, <laughs> six hours of corn. That's a. Like I'm tired of laying. So much down. corn. I'm tired of looking at things. I just want to jump out the window. <laughs> yeah, those were the drives. We had a loft in the back of our van that they built, and like you could fit two people. And Joe was my bunkmate, so like we had this rotation. To like make make sure like when it's your turn to drive, you have to drive, and it's just diplomatic. And like Rob was talking about earlier, everything was organized and fair. So if it's your night to drive, you couldn't drink. That's just what it was. If you wanted to swap with someone and make a deal, you could. <laughs> but we had this van rotation that you'd go to this seat, then then to the front bench, and then the shotgun, and then back to this one, and then back to the driver's seat. Like migrating and, uh, geese. Like, <laughs> yes. And like I remember, like depending Driver, on how long, your big spoon, little spoon. The flying yeah, we just rotate through the van until it was your turn to drive. Then you go to the back and it starts over. And when you're in the loft, it's like really nice. If it's a short drive, you get to lay down and relax. But like, if you're laying down for like six hours or more, and you're just like the ceilings right here, you know, like then you start to get sir crazy and you have to like go sit down in the bench with the next guy and hope he's like not laying down. Like can I sit next to you for a while. It's like, <laughs> It's like you're just in a bed like this for eight hours and you can't do anything. It's like being in a coffin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Basically, you ps exactly. yourself to the middle of the country. Yes. It yeah. was. It, and I, also, I we said we'd have show shirts. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. There, there is a delay for me. Oh, this delays. Um, yeah. Um, it is pretty cool though, like how um, diplomatic we were because we we really tried to alleviate any kind of argument or fight so keeping everything systematic and fair was i i think beyond some of the other bands comprehensions like when we tell people like yeah so you you start back there 
you go, you know, and you make your way up to the front and then you drive and then you go to the back and they're like, what? Like this guy just wants to drive all the time or, or this guy's too drunk to drive all the time. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you guys not kill each other? Like, you know, so. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like ahead, an sorry. employee handbook. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to say on top of being stuck that up there, like we had show shirts. You wear the same shirt every night when you play the show to keep your laundry as clean as possible. Oh, we lost them. We lost Joe. Um, so what we would do is we would take the shirts and close them in the van windows uh, to dry out in between shows. So if you're laying back there by the window, you just hear <laughs> like nonstop the whole time. And I don't know how many shirts I lost doing that, but that was our way of not doing laundry. So you keep your other clothes clean. Cause we never stopped and did laundry like ever. We could have, but no. we didn't. No, I don't think we could And so you it. just, no. <laughs> and like, you don't have the not time either. Cause it's like, six people go do laundry it's going to take a few hours like we never had a few hours to do anything no you drive right to the show sound check eat then play uh then you're like either have to drive to the next city or go stay somewhere in the laundromats or clothes um but yeah it was just it's a hell of a life that's for sure yeah it's, is there like a uh is there a stated like written in stone policy on like farting in the van uh no nah, not for anything uh, Anything goes with that. You can't. It's unbearable to hold that. Someone who in we had a lot of fun with those. Yeah, (laughs) holding in farts is one of the worst. After like you can do it a couple of times, but then you just it becomes unbearable, and it's you only do that in professional settings where you don't want everyone to hate you and laugh at you. Maybe gas was kind of the glue that held your guys's familial bond together oh i mean when you spend that much time with someone in an enclosed space like you can identify the person by the smell oh for sure <laughs> like oh that was nick i'm really proud of it <laughs> yeah. so, i'm really proud of it <laughs> <laughs> so it was the it was the vinyl like it was the vinyl re-release that kind of got things moving again where are things um where are things you got your show coming up I I factored out. I've been. I tried factoring out several times whether or not I could, you know, with a, a family and children and a full time job and being in school. On top of that, I tried to figure out if I could make my way out to Ohio for you guys' <laughs> show. It's not working out for me. Uh, but what I mean. Thanks for it, trying. Ah, God, yeah, man. It's a real. I'm. It's a very. So that'll lead into my next question of whether or not you guys are going to plan on doing more shows, but I know you guys are working on some new music. What is, what are things looking like for you guys? Are you guys putting, going to release some new music or is it just for live? What's the, what's the thought process on what's next for, from a second story window that you guys are kind of get the gears turning again. Go ahead, Paul. Um, yeah, definitely more shows, uh, but not like touring full time. You know, we can't do that. So it'd just be like weekend warrior stuff when we can, any kind of like fest that makes sense that we can make it to. Uh, I'm the only one without kids. So it's like, it's tough for everybody that, you know, they get running businesses, families, all that stuff. But we want to do what we can as much as we can um, without being full-time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and uh, as far as music, um, so to give you the long story short, after Wax Festival put out the record, 
and we were talking every day again. We also had the original singer, Sean, from the EP, like in this group chat with all of us and just shooting the shit, being stupid, you know, every day, whatever. And uh, Sean said uh, one day, he's like, I had a dream last night that we wrote a new song and it was like 18 minutes long. And then so like someone or me or whoever was like, well, why don't we just write a song? And everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. Like, maybe we should. And maybe we should play a show. And this was before anything was planned. This is just like shooting the shit. And so I was like, ah, what if I start writing a song and just not tell them and <laughs> see if it's any good? So I'm not also embarrassed. Because I first thing, I expected everyone to say no immediately. Like, no time for this. It, it was We already did it, you know, whatever. So I started writing like half a song and then Sean texts me on the side and he's like, what if you, you can like program drums, right? Like, what if you start writing something and just put it in the chat? And I was like, I'm already on it. <laughs> so I just dropped it in the chat one day and I go, so uh, here's what I made uh, after we had that talk and just didn't know if they'd like it or want to be like, do it anything at all. And they liked it and we're stoked. And immediately that just kind of sparked everything off and, we're like, well, let's let's start talking for real here. Like, what can we do? So we planned the uh, return show, which we're doing next week. And we were like, let's, you know, write an EP. So now we're like multiple songs into that. And we're planning to record next spring and put it out by next summer, hopefully. But nothing's concrete at the moment. But yeah, a lot of new song and new songs in the works. God, that makes me nice. so happy to hear. <laughs> And then too, when when he sent you know that song, uh, it was uh, like I don't know, it was just like one of those moments for me where I was like, holy shit! Like it was very, uh, I don't know, man. It was just like super inspiring, and it's just like wow, this is like something I've been missing for so many years, you know. And uh, it it really really lit a fire, I think, for all of us. And mm -hmm. it's just like it feels good, you know. It's like really just even reconnecting with everybody again, you know, not just the music, but you know. You know, talking to each other you know daily and just you know because these are these are friends that were you know we, we were shoulder to shoulder for a decade you know like just all the, together yeah. all the time you know so it's like a the connection's really cool and to be to to be able to be creative again you know in, in that sense you know with music and stuff is a really good feeling you know so it's it's been really good for yeah. all of us Had yeah. you guys i'm an only child so they're like literally my brothers like like closer bandmates in this aspect can be closer than siblings too. It's like, it's yeah. crazy. Which it's cool to hear that you got like the grind in the uh, demoralization is what kind of killed it. Like some people just have a big infight and they're like, fuck this. And then they call it and they're, they're done. Uh, it's nice. Yeah. It's, like, that's cool to hear that. Like it, that you guys kind of all stayed in touch and. and yeah. Cause it, it was nothing between members. It just like, yeah. it wasn't going well. And then, you know, you're, you're starting to get in your mid to late twenties and like, like some people are like, I want to have kids. I want to have a family. Like, and we're not making any fucking money. Like what, like, what are we going to do here? And on top of that, like, it just wasn't going well. Like if it was like on track to something more then you know, there's more hope. And like, we're like, Oh, we're getting on a bigger label. We're getting on the right tours. Like you could see the light at the end of the tunnel, but it was just getting darker. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think everyone was just ready for a break because like they had been touring forever before I joined. And so was I in my other band. Like, so I had been doing it the same amount of time and just hopped in with them. And then we did this record and it was just nonstop, nonstop, go into the studio for a month, go back out on tour. And then we broke up for it dropped. So like, 
I think we were all fine with it being done at the time. So it wasn't like there was ever this big regret, like what, what could have happened. But now that we can revisit and kind of do this last run, whatever we do with this new record and like kind of end it how we want, which we never thought yeah. we were able to do. So like, and I never thought in a million years we'd be doing this ever. Yeah, there, there was, like, there was no ending. It wasn't, it yeah. wasn't a, this band never got the ending that it deserved. And like, now we're, we're yeah. able to do that and we're going to do it right. You know? So it's Hell like, yeah. I'm stoked about it. Me too. Uh, did you guys, did anyone do music but with anything else afterwards? Or did you guys all just kind of move on to different things? Uh, I just, the only thing I did, did. Was with Paul in a, in a, like a local band, like we played bars and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, did that for a little bit. And then Paul, Paul did some things. Some of the other guys did some stuff too. Um, but yeah, Joe's in a few bands, right? Yeah. Um, Little League and I forget the name of the other one. Horses have people teeth. <laughs> that was like a grind band. That sounds uh, the, that the is band the most that, grindcore band name. I mean, I could have guessed the genre based on the band name. I remember I, I said that in the van one day when we were on tour. I was I don't know why. I saw a picture of a horse and I just go, horses have people teeth. Like, and then he he like being joe he asked me if it was okay if he used that for the band name i was like of course why would it not be okay like, I, like yeah no oh, but no i, I had high hopes for that phrase yeah <laughs> um but yeah robin and, and nick was also in that with us too uh we did a like a heavy southern rock thing uh called thunder rider and we played bars around town and did a record with that and then um i moved to la for eight years and i was in like a like a day to remember type heavy pop punk band. And cool. like I did a solo EP. Yeah. I never had heard that term either. So I got in the room and he's like, so I want this to be kind of like an easy core band. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, well, I've never heard that. <laughs> he's like, put on all these bands for me. And it was like, Oh, this is cool. Like, so that was cool. We did that for like a year and a half or two. And then did a solo thing that I put out kind of just like trying to rehash what we never got to do with this band, like that kind of style. And uh, what was that? Under? Started rewriting. Is, is that available anywhere? Uh, yeah, it's on everything. It's called Phoenix Lights. It's just me by myself. Nice. I wrote everything, and I'll check that uh, out for sure. Like, tried to learn how to sing for the first time, and just because I couldn't do this, I think I was trying to fill a hole that we're doing now. You know, like I have to always be creating something, or I'm just not happy, no matter mm -hmm. how good everything else is going. So I think, like Rob said. Uh, it, it kind of fills a hole that was just, is always going to be there if you're a creative person or, you know, music was such a big part of our lives growing up. Like it's all I thought about when I was young because you didn't have any other responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So now being able to like be a member of a team again and like talk every day and like shoot them, like what about this idea? And we're talking about merch designs and this and that. And like, it's just like, it brings you back to life, you know? Yeah. Uh, I got it. Okay. Unrelated from music, Rob, I've, I I peeped your Instagram and it looks like you're pretty big into martial arts. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I uh I own a jujitsu school. Okay. Oh nice. Yeah. What, yeah. what um, has that been something you've done your whole life? I was curious about um, that. I, I always did like like martial arts when I was a kid and then like mm -hmm. I wrestled through high school and like all that stuff. Um and then obviously the the during the band I was like a big break from it. Um but when we were done, that's kind of what you know brought me like out of my sort of, you know, depression and all the stuff that I felt, you know, after not being in a band anymore. Um, and I uh, started training jujitsu and eventually opened my own school. And um, so October, it'll be, it was 10 years that we've been open. 
That's um, awesome, man. Good for you. Yeah, so, so if anyone tries to rob your merch uh, when you guys play shows again, you'll fuck them up. For sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was Italian. Yeah, ten, it was 10 years, October 15th. Shit, congrats. Yeah, yeah that's awesome, so. dude. Yeah, yeah, so that's 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 what I do. Well, where's the best place for people to keep up with uh, news and you know updates, new music, that kind of thing? Uh, well, we have a website again, even though like nobody does that anymore. It's uh, <laughs> fastwellmusic.com, just F-A-S-S-W music.com. The best place is probably our Instagram. Yeah. And we have a Facebook, and uh, those are the only two things we're on. We'll, ha- we'll get a YouTube started eventually, start pu- putting some old stuff on there, and then new stuff as that comes out. Uh, but, yeah, our- Instagram is probably our best place. Or like Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's on everything. Yeah. Nice. Well. Man, it's been great talking to you guys. Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Yeah, it's a pleasure, guys, for sure. Yeah, thank you, guys. This yeah. is so much fun. It was great to hear from you guys, hear your story. I'm really looking forward to what you guys are going on. I'm desperately hoping that your one of your weekend warrior trips brings you out to the Northeast. I would like that. I would like that. You can sure. even stay at my house if you're still in that. Uh, in that, <laughs> you need yeah. a couch. Sure, you're still in that he mode. Is. <laughs> he has yeah. pet ferrets, so. You know, man. expect a smell. <laughs> no, my house is actually really small and there is no room here. I am sorry, but that's perfect. <laughs> you got a bed, right? I got too many pets, too many kids, too. I, it's not, it's not a, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> got you, man. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you next time.